Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Okay. So, here we are. January 19th, 2017. An interesting moment in our times. Uh, And uh, as you know, uh, we just um, had Martin Luther King's uh, birthday this week. And I wanted to start off the evening by sharing his presence with us. And I hope technology will help me on this. Uh, Let's cross our fingers. But just to start uh, the evening with uh, some of his words. And I say to you, I've also decided to stick with love. But I know that love is ultimately the only answer to mankind's problems. And I'm going to talk about it everywhere I go. I know it isn't popular to talk about it in some circles today. I'm not talking about emotional bosh when I talk about love. I'm talking about a strong, demanding love. But I have seen too much hate. I've seen too much hate on the faces of sheriffs in the South. I've seen hate on the faces of too many Klansmen and too many white citizens, counselors in the South, to want to hate myself because every time I see it, I know that it does something to their faces and their personalities. And I say to myself that hate is too great a burden to bear. I have decided to love it. I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Really powerful words. I love that. I was thinking about calling it sticking with love. I've decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. I wanted to read a a few more um, words. Mm. From Martin Luther King. Mm. Now there is a a final reason, I think, that Jesus says, love your enemies. It is this that love has within it a redemptive power. And there is a power there that eventually transforms individuals. 
Just keep being friendly to that person. Just keep loving them. And they can't stand it too long. Oh, they react in many ways in the beginning. They react with guilt feelings, and sometimes they'll hate you a little more at that transition period. But just keep loving them. And by the, and by the power of your love, they will break down under the load. That's love, you see. It is redemptive. And this is why Jesus says love. There's something about that love that builds up and is creative. There's something about hate that tears down and is destructive. So love your enemies. And this one, the ultimate weakness of violence is that it is a descending spiral begetting the very thing it seeks to destroy. Instead of diminishing evil, it multiplies it. Through through violence, you murder the hater, but you do not murder hate. In fact, violence merely increases hate. Returning violence for violence multiplies violence, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. I'll read a few more words from him later on uh, in the talk. But um, that last line, uh, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Very similar to uh, a famous um, teaching by uh, the Buddha in the Dhammapada where he says, hatred never ceases by hatred. Hatred only ceases by love. This is an ancient and eternal law. Jesus saying, love your enemies. I wanted to talk a little bit about just what that can mean. There's another discourse that I've, uh, we've explored here before, um, and maybe um, it's probably a number of people who weren't here. It's been a, quite a while. Uh, a, a famous discourse called The Simile of the Saw. The highest bar I know for restraint and loving kindness. What the Buddha says in this discourse, if a band of thieves ambushed you and uh, wanted to hurt you, even if they were sawing off your limb, one who um, responds with hatred and ill will does not know my teaching. That's a pretty high bar. (laughs) And I'm not expecting or presuming or uh, prescribing that you should walk out of here with that uh, attitude in mind to, um, to set yourself up for some disappointment. But what he says, really, he doesn't say, oh, 
sit there and enjoy it, you know, or not do anything. But he says, whatever you do, if it's possible to not somehow not return that um, hurtful action with hatred for your own benefit, uh, then you are really understanding you're free of the poison of hatred. So there's that. And then there's being a real person in this world with real feelings, real anger and frustration and outrage and sadness and all the feelings that might come up when you see people doing hurtful things to other people or inciting that in others is the idea to just um, send metta and to... um, to deny what you're feeling? I I don't think so. But what to do with that outrage and that frustration and that commitment to want to make a better world? So I wanted to explore this a little bit um, and maybe have us explore it together. Because it's sometimes it's called the spiritual bypass, as as Buddhists uh, are sometimes accused of. It legitimately, yes, I'll just be equanimous, and um, it's all empty anyway. So, what's the point? It's all just a mirage. It's all just the magical display, as the the Tibetans say. There's nobody here. There's nobody there. Why get involved? Why bother? Let me just meditate and find peace inside. This is the quintessential spiritual bypass where there's all of these feelings that you might be feeling but you just um, uh, bypass them into uh, the realm of emptiness. And I know for myself how, uh, how easily one can slip into that after being somewhat involved in the 60s uh, when, I, uh, when the Vietnam War was going on and I was a a uh, young guy like many my age and feeling both the uh, the outrage and the uh, frustration and the uh, just um, camaraderie of not being alone. Um, and then um, in the 70s and the 80s, just really getting into practice and just and finding some um, comfort in just going internal, which serve has serves a deep purpose, uh, but um, for quite some time, 
mm, I care about the world, but not get so engaged. Uh, until the, uh, there was a presidential campaign in 2004, I got very engaged and very um, um, inspired. But then um, that didn't work out, and uh, then I figured in 2008 that things were going to be okay, and uh, I didn't, they didn't need me at all. Um, but um, now, as I think many people are feeling, and, and I've been mentioning, there's a, a, a call to this uh, being a sacred warrior where you're caring about the world in a, a whole new level. And part of it is honoring the feelings that, that, are, that might come up. Um, I, there's a wonderful book that I recommend to people, uh, particularly if you're prone to spiritual bypass. Um, I, I might have mentioned it here before. It's an anthology of Jungian, um, Jungian essays um, called Meeting the Shadow. And the subtitle in this, of this book, Meeting the Shadow, um, The Hidden Power in the dark side of human nature. And I use that word, it's the title of the book, and I also want to just um, acknowledge that the word dark sometimes is, is um, um, uh, hurtful for people of color. And the, the darkness in terms of Jungian and shadow is the unclarity, not, not seeing. There's a, a hidden... Uh, a hiddenness that that darkness can um, obscure what needs to be seen, and um, so please um, understand that's that's I think what the title is pointing to. But it's a really good book, meeting the shadow, the hidden power in the dark side of human nature. And when I when I first was reading those essays. Uh, there was a part of me that was saying, yes, what a price to pay for stuffing one's anger or outrage or uh, strong feelings that don't seem so spiritual. A huge price to pay. And so in recent Years, many people, one of many, many people, seeing that Dharma practice is about um, true engagement where you bring your, your commitment towards peace, towards doing no harm, towards acting for the good, towards living with integrity, towards making this a better world and expressing your caring means... Uh, sometimes being very courageous and taking a strong stand, having what we've talked about here before, fierce compassion, which requires a lot of courage. But uh, even the, the great spiritual teachers and teachings uh, talk about this fierce compassion. The Buddha himself came from the warrior caste. He was uh, the, the kshatriya caste, not the, 
not the priest caste, the Brahmins or the the merchants or the uh, uh, the um, other castes, but the warrior caste. And he was a warrior uh, in his, you know, in some of the ways that it's translated uh, in his teachings. He talks about conquering the mind. One one image, you know, if a thousand a thousand um, uh, soldiers a thousand times encountering a thousand soldiers a thousand times for some people uh, is easier than conquering one's mind. Don't let that put you off too much. It's possible. But just to, and he had a number of these images about conquering the mind and conquering the, uh, the defilements of mind uh, and having fierce compassion what uh, in the in the perfections of of the Buddha, uh, one of the ten perfections is called aditana, determination, not being deterred, no matter what. Mm. And the the great classic, the Bhagavad Gita, is about the battle the battle between good and evil. The whole spiritual journey depicted as this battlefield. And Gandhi, who was so brave and courageous, it, it takes courage to meet violence and um, hatred with love and with centeredness and peace. Here's a few more quotes from Martin Luther King. The other side of, I've decided to stick with love. Hatred is too great a burden to bear. He also says... The ultimate measure of a person is not where they stand in moments of comfort and convenience, but where they stand in moments of challenge and controversy. Again, you know, my friends, there comes a time when people get tired of being trampled by the iron feet of oppression. If we are wrong, the Supreme Court of this nation is wrong. If we are wrong, the Constitution of the United States is wrong. And if we are wrong, God Almighty is wrong. If we are wrong, Jesus of Nazareth was merely a utopian dreamer that never came down to earth. If we are wrong, justice is a lie. Love has no meaning. And we are determined here in Montgomery, to work and fight until justice runs down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. Again, MLK. The hottest place in hell is reserved for those who remain neutral in times of great moral conflict. A 
again, in the days ahead, we must not consider it unpatriotic to raise certain basic questions about our national character. We must begin to ask, why are there millions of poor people in a nation overflowing with such unbelievable affluence? So, he's not saying, just be nice. He's saying, find courage to make a difference, but come from love. I was with um, Joseph Goldstein recently. Um, He was passing through town and he was talking about going through um, some, a, a, a difficult process um, in, in recent times where he was really, he could see his, mm, his frustration, his anger, his, um, um, all of those, those feelings and, and having you know, good reasons to have them and uh and then he was moved he he read this book um beautiful book called tattoos of the heart written by uh this priest uh who worked with gangs in los angeles and in the middle of violence all the time and the priest's um uh, code moral code was Love no matter what. And Joseph said, he just read those words, heard them, and he knew that's what he had to do. That's what his practice had to be. As much as he would be justified in his feelings, love no matter what. And he said there was just such a a shift and a release. Didn't mean that he didn't take care of the situation the way that felt right for him, but it was it was coming from such a different place and uh i think this is what we're called on to do these days whatever swirls of feelings you might have especially if they compel you to want to do something to make this a better world, to care about those who are scared and threatened and um, underserved, uh, or care about the planet, which is in such dire need of our caring, whatever you're moved to do, and this is the time, if you are moved to be engaged, uh, to not hold back. This is the time to really pay attention as best you can without being overwhelmed. Um, to come from a place of caring and love and not ill will, 
Now, how can you do that when you just read the headlines or see TV? You know, I watch, um, I watch Rachel Maddow most every night these days, you know, and there's a part of me that's going, oh my goodness, you know. <clears throat> but uh, it, it kind of gets me energized. Uh, but how can, how can you feel all of that caring and not let it come out as hatred and ill will? So one thing that I, uh, one way that, a couple of things that, that I find as an ongoing practice, a necessary practice, first to a basic Dharma understanding to see that people do hurtful things because they don't see clearly. Just that simple, you know, to see things clearly, I mentioned maybe this uh, in, in a recent talk, the, the, the word vipassana, the kind of meditation that we do, is l- usually translated as um, seeing things clearly, seeing things as they are. And to see things clearly means you see cause and effect. You see Actions have consequences. You connect the dots and see, oh, this leads to this. And for many people, the dots are so obvious to see. Oh, you do this, you, are, uh, you don't care about... Um, the air or the water or, uh, or nature and just are into destruction and it has consequences down the road. Um, kind of obvious. However, many people don't connect those dots. Isn't that amazing? It's just last week when we did that truth mandala and I, I went in to the to the mandala, and there was the uh, the leaves that represented sadness. And for me, one of the great sadnesses I, I mentioned it when I went into the the circle is that um, the inability of those who have real power to see the consequences of their actions, particularly when it comes to their own loved ones, when it comes to their children's children's children. Now, wouldn't you think that you'd want your grandchildren to live in a beautiful world? And yet somehow, that dot, is not connected with that dot. This is called, in, in Dharma language, ignorance. Not, not stupidity, although one could use that word 
legitimately, but ignorance there, there's there's a, there's a, a greater generosity of heart in in the in the depth of that word. Stupidity is pejorative, but ignorance is just not seeing clearly. As I've mentioned here many times, my one of my favorite spiritual teachings of all is Jesus saying, forgive them, they know not what they do. So that's the real villain. If somehow I remember to hold the real villain is just not seeing clearly, particularly those who are in power, not seeing clearly for their own loved ones. Mm. And how else for um, this sticking with love? Does it mean I love what somebody is doing? No. I love that person for who they are and, and, and how they're expressing themselves in the world? No, I don't think so. Ajahn Sumedho, a, a wonderful, um, respected meditation master, Theravadan Western monk, talks about metta, loving kindness, uh, in very practical terms. He doesn't say, um, oh, metta means loving what's happening. You know, like, uh, I love somebody being cruel to me. But metta means, in his understanding, not adding aversion onto the situation, not letting yourself be poisoned with ill will. That's a kind of more accessible kind of loving kindness, just a basic goodwill that comes out of understanding, that comes out of compassionate understanding for somebody's unclarity. Mm. So to have metta, you know, in metta practice, metta for the difficult is you're leading up to that advanced metta, you know, for yourself, for a benefactor that you're grateful to, for a loved one who just touches your heart, for a neutral person that you don't have much charge one way or another, but it's leading up to including the most difficult people, this is where your, you know, that simile of the saw comes in, where you're, you're not coming out with ill will even to those who are difficult. As Martin Luther King says, you wear them down sooner or later. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly better than getting poisoned by your own anger. And much more... Um, Inspiring, you know, that's why we celebrate Martin Luther King Day, because somehow he, could, he figured it out and embodied it. That's why we are moved when we see Gandhi, because somehow in the face of so much ignorance and ill will and hurt, they could 
rise above and express kindness and goodwill even towards their enemies, or as Jesus said, even loving their enemies. That's why we get inspired. It's in, uh, if, you get, if you're inspired by Martin Luther King, you know, as most people are, or by Gandhi, or by Jesus, or by the Buddha, it's like there's a part of you that knows there's a better way than to just heap on the hatred. And this is a practice, I think, for all of us in these times, how to care as much as you can, how to be a true uh, sacred warrior and, and bring all the courage and determination and fierce compassion and not be consumed by your own hatred and putting it out, which just creates, brings more hatred into the world. We can inspire others by how much we love life, how much we love the planet, how much we care about others, how much we care about other species. There's not much controlling what comes through this mind. I hope you've seen that by now. Um, what comes through this mind comes through this mind. And if you get angry with yourself for having angry thoughts or feel guilty for having hating thoughts or if you feel somehow not spiritual uh, for being filled with confusion, you know, you're missing something. Because true metta practice is holding all of those thoughts with kindness and honoring them all, uh, honoring that those parts of you that are human. But there's a line between thoughts and words and actions. So... The car, there is some kind of karmic imprint, not that I can explain to you the intricacies of karma. It's one of the things that the Buddha said, you'll go crazy if you try to figure out too much, so I won't presume to be an expert on karma. But the, the, the way I understand it, there's a karmic impression for thoughts that we have that we keep on practicing and that become the habits of mind. And having any kind of thought can give rise to it occurring again and again if you're not mindful of it. But you can have any thought blowing up the world and saying, oh, that's an interesting thought. Once you can kind of see your thoughts and not believe them, that's where you can get unhooked by them and hold them with compassion. But once the thought is put into words of hatred, there's a stronger karmic impact. And once it's put into action of intentionally hurting another, the karmic impression is uh, much deeper. So for me, it seems that being a sacred warrior, 
means honoring all the thoughts and feelings, or one aspect of it, honoring all the thoughts and feelings that come through and seeing this is just part of being human. And as best one can to keep from having it poison us in our own mind and heart through hateful words and actions. Again, this is a pretty high bar because it's so easy for the, the inner world to express itself outwardly. But it's so much more effective when you're an embodiment of clarity, wisdom, fierce compassion, commitment coming from love. So um, maybe I'll just stop here for, uh, for a moment and, and ask us to reflect and just go inside as we uh, explore together in a few, in a few minutes. Just go inside. And whatever your feelings these days, trepidation, delight, anger, fear, love, just honor them all. See if it's possible to allow them without getting swept up by them. Make space in the heart, make space in the mind. If it helps, as we've sometimes done, to put a hand on the heart and just um, hold them with compassion. So many feelings are coming up for so many people these days. And then in this, in the light of this mm, sacred warriorship, or as Martin Luther King says, I'm sticking with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Just envision how you can use your practice, your Dharma practice, to allow all of that caring to be expressed as skillful action. Whether it's um, actual action in the world or just in the process of transmuting it into compassion, into wise relationship. 
might envision what you might look like as a sacred warrior. What might you be doing in your life these next weeks and months and years? What might you have to offer? How might the Dharma inform you so that the best of you comes through and inspires yourself and others? And if you can envision that, let yourself be uh, moved by the vision. And if it feels like a good thing to do, get in touch with your intention to bring out the best in yourself these next weeks, months, years. As I've said a number of times, quoting my friend Roger, we're in a race between fear and consciousness. Can you be an agent for consciousness? And what might that look like? And now I just uh, invite you um, to turn to one or two people and share whatever might have come up from that reflection or these words, and then we'll come together as a community in oh, about five or six minutes or so. Okay, so why don't you turn to somebody near you and witness them as well as share Okay, just another moment or so, we'll finish up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Start finishing up. We don't have that much time, so um, let's come on back. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad there was, um, was a lot that you had to say. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, what was that? Just getting warmed up. Yeah. Right. Well, come on tomorrow to Spirit Rock, because uh, there's... 
a lot of chance for people to talk with each other. That's that's the idea. Um, we don't have that much time, but uh, maybe it could take just a couple of um, a few observations, reflections, anything you came came to before before we close. And keep them uh, brief so we can. Get yeah, you were talking about ignorance, and a lot of the a lot of a lot of the ignorance, I think, is uh, truly embedded. But a lot of it is politically expedient to be ignorant, you know, and it's not uh, that they truly hold these beliefs, but it's politically expedient yeah. to do it, and they're yeah. maybe blind yeah. to the yeah. outcome. But that's still ignorance. Mm-hmm. That's that's another level of ignorance, not seeing the bigger picture clearly. Yeah. Anything anything else that you want to share that f- for you personally might have come up? Not not so much a, a comment on the situation, but anything personally. Well, one thing when I was. Um, Sitting, it just occurred to me that I think it's important for us to engage and learn to communicate and care for even people of you know of whatever um, or, uh, orientation. Um, but I kind of think about you know I'm going to make my point. This <laughs> is my standard way, and kind of springing off maybe of what you're talking about, thinking in terms of our grandchildren, great grandchildren. Think about maybe I cannot worry about great children, great grandchildren just yet. But think about trying to make this conversation last for six more cycles, not just this time sitting down talking to somebody, Mm -hmm. not just we'll come back, we'll talk again, Mm -hmm. but we'll talk, (laughs) keep it going. Six was just a number that came to my mind, but Mm -hmm. but, forever really, I suppose. But Mm -hmm. So I've got a handful of people, including a cousin and colleagues that I'm engaged with. And I'm just like, okay, I've got some emails, I've got some thoughts, and I I really have the great repartee, the retort right Mm -hmm. now. I'm going... So and Let's listen back and see if I can make this a way that draws them in and engages, yeah. and we become mm-hmm. we Thank connect. You. Yeah, listening is uh, you know, is is always a good thing. Um, thank you. Any the last comment about from you personally? Yes, Nancy. Just really briefly, um, my inclination, my desire, it is so touchy in my family because I have a whole branch of my family that thinks differently. And um, it's so touchy right now that nobody can say anything to each other mm-hmm. about it. But my, my desire at some point is just to say, help me understand mm-hmm. because I don't mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole different reality. Yeah. Thank you. And, you know, things will continue to unfold. Time doesn't stop. We are in the middle of a very fascinating, unknown process that's unfolding. So uh, there'll be probably ample mm, material for conversations. Uh, as, as we proceed. So may we all... Uh, what I wanted to do was uh, just to invite you to use your practice to really s- have your practice hold you not only internally but externally 
uh, as we um, enter into uh, this new time together, uh, which will continue to affect and hold us all. But the more your practice can be an expression of understanding and clarity and goodwill, uh, the more it will affect everybody, uh, starting with yourself. So, and it's great to even just have an image or vision of what, how it might express itself through you. So thanks for exploring with me. And may, may our own hearts um, stick with love and goodness and caring and commitment. And may we find um, true peace inside and share it with the world. And may our coming here together be uh, of benefit to all beings everywhere. Thank you very much for your attention. Have a good week. See you next week.